mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Kroll Bennett. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence ours, and theirs. Our guest today is the wonderful Dr. Aliza Pressman, the host of another Dear Media podcast, Raising Good Humans. And what we want to talk about today is how we raise humans well. In the times of puberty, raising humans well, doing a good job taking care of our kids in puberty can be super challenging, mostly because of the moodiness, the unpredictability, and our own reactions to watching our kids go up and down and sideways emotionally. You are so good at giving actionable, science-based advice. And we're going to ask you today to help us figure out how we help our kids manage those emotions, how we respond to the ups and the downs. And I just want to start, Cara, if you could talk a little bit about what's going on physiologically, the hormones, the moods in our pubescent and adolescent kids that's causing these diverse and complicated reactions. So remember that puberty lasts many, many, many years, right? Um, somewhere between seven and for some kids up to 10 years. And the whole process is dominated by these hormones. The biggest actors are estrogen in the female body and testosterone in the male body. And the thing about these hormones is that they don't just circulate below the neck, right? They go up into the brain And they change the chemical stew in the brain, which shifts the way that neurons communicate with one another in the brain. And so the classic way that people recognize the impact of hormones is actually not in the pubescent kid. It's in the rageful male stereotype, the Mm. testosterone-driven, amped-up, rageful male, which is, by the way, a total stereotype, but bears out in science that testosterone can be connected with rageful feelings in certain brains at certain levels at certain times. In puberty, 
what you have is not just an increase of the amount of testosterone and estrogen and all these other hormones, by the way, those aren't the only two, but those are the two I'm going to call out. You don't just have an increase, you have surges of these hormones. So you get a surge of estrogen and then a drop in estrogen and then another surge in estrogen and then another drop. And the same with testosterone and the same with progesterone and the same with LH and the same with FSH. And all of these hormones that are not just circulating through your brain, but surging in your brain and then going away. And as adults, we know how to manage the surges. We get comfortable with them. The, the highs aren't quite as high and the lows aren't quite as low. Theoretically, we know Theoretically, how to manage Theoretically, we are fabulous at managing them. <laughs> Some people in the room are fabulous Just at managing them. Just ask my children. <laughs> um, but in the child brain, it feels new. And so imagine or take yourself back to your eight, nine, 10, 11, 12-year-old self. And if you have ovaries, your ovaries started pumping out estrogen. If you have testicles, your testicles started pumping out testosterone. And there's a moment I'm sure you can remember when you just felt a little out of control, Yeah. right? When you saw a commercial on television and started sobbing or when you could not stop laughing, like fits of giggles. That is the experience of not quite knowing how to neurologically manage this surge in hormones. So that's sort of the way I think about it medically. But, you know, now I want to layer on the sort of psychological layer of what is happening then as these neurons connect in the stew and how do we parent around it, right? So, Elisa, let's start with the one that I get most often, which is my daughter is so moody, so unpleasant, so difficult, right? And and yeah. as a professional who works in building girls' self-esteem, I get really defensive about that characterization, right? Because I'm like trying to protect these girls. They can't help it. It's not their fault. You're layering judgment. It's misogyny, right? Like I, I go into a spiral. However, it is an actual part of the development. So Talk to us a little bit about like what's going on for them and how we as adults can actually like meet them where they are in a kind and constructive way. So separately from talking about what's going on with them, I think first is figuring out an intentional way of parenting where you can know that that's going to happen. This is why these conversations are helpful mm -hmm. so that you're prepared for this moodiness mm -hmm. in quotes. And so that you don't take it personally, have the compassion to remember that you have been there and you probably still have, have been there many times. Right. We just, you know, as Cara was saying, like, hopefully once your brain is fully integrated and all the parts of your brain are working in concert in adulthood, you are self-regulated. Your wizard brain, your prefrontal cortex is kind of orchestrating a better conversation between what, you know, with the young people, I might say lizard brain. Right. Um, but in general, you have capacity to manage your brain in this integrated way that these younger girls and boys do not have because that's not where their brain is. Can Quite you just yet. define the distinction between the lizard brain and the wizard brain? Sure. So the the lizard brain and the wizard brain actually don't know who came up with that but I know that it wasn't me. Okay. And the lizard brain is like, think of your limbic system, like your emotional brain. Mm -hmm. The part of you, the, you know, a lot of people say about adolescents, all gas and no brakes. Mm -hmm. Like the brakes are your prefrontal cortex, right. your the wizard. wizard. And there is like, if you think of a house alarm, mm -hmm. over time, you learn the passcode to your alarm system. And you know, oh, God, there's a fight, flight or freeze thing happening in my brain. Right. Somebody's sounding the alarm. Wait a second. I know the passcode. And it's really just whatever it is for you. A deep breath. It could be some words. It doesn't matter. But as you get to an integrated brain and your wizard brain and your lizard brain are talking to each other properly, then you can make better choices and be self-regulated. And just give us the time frame for 
growing young people as to when the wizard brain is actually fully developed and male and female distinctions, if so, relevant. So, and <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be a positive thing or not, but it's a long window. So that whole window of puberty, even longer for fully finishing that prefrontal cortex. So between 18 and 27 years with, I don't even really say this very much because it's so damning, but typically it does happen earlier for girls mm-hmm. than for boys. Or, or it, ap- it appears. It appears It appears to. Yeah. earlier, yeah. But I think that that end of 20s window is really turning out to be the real window. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I've Which read some places pe- like as late as 30, 30 males' 32, brains yes. are 50. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, just a qu- quick little like neurochemistry lesson. This maturation that we're talking about is when the nerves are covered with myelin, mm-hmm. which is a fatty cell layer that covers naked neurons that allows neurons to speed their messaging to one another a lot faster. So, you know, that is the maturation. It, the fatty layer is like your plastic covering on your phone cord, right? So That's if you such a, a great way of describing mm-hmm. it. You have like a, if you have a naked wire, mm-hmm. it goes really slowly. You could still charge your phone, but with that plastic coating much faster. And so it's just the communication then between all the areas in your brain that goes so much faster, like 3,000 times faster when everything's myelinated versus when only parts are myelinated. And the first part is the, I love the lizard brain. You know, the limbic system actually looks like a lizard. If you, that's probably where it came oh, from. That's awesome. interesting. But I just don't Image. know the origin. I thought it yeah. was related to like dinosaurs, how it's like the original well, brain. The idea is, yeah, that it's your lizard brain that you're like not thinking with what a human brain would right. have, the right. whole thing. But it's really yeah. interesting. I wonder if somebody looked at it and was like, I don't I just don't know where to attribute that. But I've been saying it since it's graduate awesome. school. And it's and it's myelinated by the time you enter middle school. Oh, and so the delta between the full myelination of your limbic system and the full myelination of your prefrontal cortex is it, it can be twenty years. So right, which is so frustrating for parents, and by the way, for adolescents, which is why yeah. it's important that they understand what's happening in their brain. I will tell you when I explain as a layperson some of the neuroscience to my kids and kind of like make sense of it for them in my rudimentary way. It helps them so much. They feel so much better that it's like they're not just like being pains in the asses. Like they actually can't help it and their brain development is ruling things. And so I definitely want to like lean into some of these explanations along the way today so that parents and teachers and coaches and educators can take those explanations and be like, hey, you know what? I actually learned this about your brain um, in puberty and like let's just keep that in mind. It's okay. Like I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. And one last pearl then for parents to pass along is you've got a prefrontal cortex when you're a tween and a teen. It's in your head. It just doesn't get accessed as quickly. And Aliza, what you talk about with the girls seeming to access it younger is a lot of them have developed tools Exactly. To access it younger, because, right? And and we see those executive function skills yeah. mm-hmm. in girls are a little bit stronger. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and actually, even anybody who identifies as a girl. So that's kind of- That's fascinating. Oh, that's fascinating so interesting. Me. But that is newer stuff and a whole other that's road really to go interesting. down. Well, that's for the next episode, the next time you come visit. But- <laughs> Do you like how I assume there will be a next time? There will be so many. (laughs) But um, the thing that I think is important about talking about those aspects of development is that it helps you feel seen and understood. Yeah. And also, like, you're not a freak because there's no adolescent that doesn't have moments in their head of wondering if they're just totally insane because of those highs and lows yeah. and because of the all gas and no brakes, like all those different things. The, the valleys the valleys are very <laughs> low mm-hmm. and the peaks are very high. And it can feel invigorating and amazing mm-hmm. and devastating. And so to know that that because that can make you feel like you are absolutely crazy that you do have a diagnosis that nobody has given you, mm-hmm. and your your diagnosis is your grain is growing. Your grain your is gra- growing. <laughs> that is your grain is a growing. Line. Your grain is growing. <laughs> <laughs> could be the name of my new book. <laughs> 
So how do you respond to that moodiness? So let, let's Maybe set the scene. different ages, right? right? So let's set the scene. Your 10-year-old daughter comes home and she's just deeply unpleasant, <laughs> very unkind, dismissive of you. You're normally sunny, optimistic, upbeat kid is all of a sudden like a super downer. Mm -hmm. um, and you feel like you are the number one recipient of that unpleasant behavior. This has never happened in my house. So I'm <laughs> yeah. very curious. To yeah, hear it's the never happened. And I this. was definitely not like that as a kid. <laughs> Ever. So, Aliza, yeah. like I'm sitting here, I'm the parent, and I feel awful. I feel worried. I feel hurt, right? I feel alone. And Do you I'm, feel worried for your kid as well? I feel worried for my she's kid in a bad space? that okay. something's wrong. And I feel worried okay. for myself, like what's going to happen? Mm. Talk us through, like, how do we handle this? What's our internal monologue? Mm -hmm. What's our dialogue with our kids sound like? So internal monologue, which is not to diminish, by the way, the very important noticing of when there might be something going on. Mm -hmm. So let's keep that. We'll table that. But okay. of course, anxiety and depression ramps up between 11 and 14. So we should acknowledge that. And maybe even earlier in pandemic and post-pandemic. Right. right. But separately, the internal monologue is, this is part of the process. I am safe. So I am going to receive this. That's great news. Like I, the adult, I, the safe. adult, am safe for the child to come to and let loose or have the mood. Mm -hmm. And maybe they've been out all day managing themselves mm -hmm. so that they are socially competent. But now they're like, I'm done and I'm and I'm in a safe place now. Right. So it's always great news when you're the person who your child is acting out around. It's much worse to go to a teacher conference. Do people go to teacher's conferences anymore? <laughs> On Zoom. <laughs> it's a much bigger red flag if in the classroom setting or the coach says to you, what is up? That's much different than mm -hmm. coming home to you and you're like, oh my God, what is wrong with our relationship? What's wrong with my child? Like your child feels safe being whoever they are and feeling however they need to feel. I which, love that. Which is important yeah. in your internal dialogue. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to take a I'm beating. I'm safe. I'm safe. <laughs> Honey, I'm safe. Keep dumping on yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. And then the last thing in your internal monologue is, it's not my adolescence job to make sure that I feel mm -hmm. emotionally stable. They don't need to be little, I was going to say little shits. Yeah, go for it. But I didn't know if we were cursing. We, we are. are cursing. We're cursing. Okay. Well, Cara doesn't, but I do. <laughs> I try to keep it classy around yeah. here. Yeah, one of us has to hold up the standard. Okay, so I'm lowering them. Good. But welcome. It's not, it doesn't mean like I'm here to receive this indefinitely and just right. constantly. But it is a moment of, if you look at your adolescent at that point, at any point, and take on those feelings and then start sobbing because you just are like, I'm so hurt right now that you would treat me like this. There is this message of, okay, now I have to take care of you, my right. parents, right. Right. instead of focusing on dealing with myself. And then you want to keep an honest relationship with them. You don't want them to have to say like, I can't even, she can't handle this. Right. I can't <laughs> like, tell like, her what happened yeah. because she's going to freak out yeah. and get upset. And make it about her. And make it about her and, and her experience. I want you, you have a phrase that I love that I have shared with other people who are like, that is brilliant, which is like when your kid is treating you badly for whatever reason, will you say it in your lovely calming voice? It's just a guide, but all feelings, I think this is yes. what you're talking about. Yes. All feelings are welcome. All behaviors are not. Correct. Which is true for toddlers and it's true for teenagers. It's just, okay, you can feel that way. You do feel that way. So <laughs> whether or not right. people give that permission to their adolescents, they're still going to feel that way. That's a good one. It's really good, right? <laughs> that's our, that's already the end of the show line. Let's circle back to that one with a highlighter. Yes. Yes. It's just a good thing to remember for the adults to have a guide of like, am I honoring their feelings? Mm -hmm. And also, am I containing this behavior? Because 
if you just let go and say, like, I guess you could just do— I actually remember my aunt— who I hope will not be listening, although I want everybody else to listen. <laughs> but my aunt, who's lovely and wonderful, my cousins were much younger. They came home. They were teenagers. They came home from school. And they, I mean, the way they talked to her was shocking to yeah. me. Yeah. And she was so apologetic to them about mm-hmm. being in their space. And then she brought them food and put, like, pillows under their feet to relax at the end of the day as they're, like, shitting on yelling her. at there her. There are no flags here. <laughs> right? <laughs> None. And I was like— in my 20s, and I'm I'm watching this, and I'm just like, what are you doing? What's happening here? And she said, well, and I didn't have kids at the time, but I was definitely aware that something felt Not gonna do it lightly this way. permissive. <laughs> and she said, they have such rough days, and I just want them to have a safe place to come home. And of course, that's, that's the feelings part, so right. welcome. But right. she forgot that all the behaviors are not. Right. And like, you don't have to then say, let me make you some food and massage you, you're having a rough day, you can still say, whoa, it seems like something is feeling whatever. So let's play that out, yeah. right? Let's play that out. Your 14-year-old daughter Wait, can we home. stick with the 10-year-old? I thought we were at 10. Let's oh, do the 10, because yeah. then I'm desperate to, to get, get to, to the, the 14-year-old. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so 10 is, whoa, now you can like name whatever it is that you're seeing, which will piss them off, no doubt. But right. it's still an acknowledgement of their feelings. I'm going to give you some space right now, and I'm going to take some space, and then we could talk about whatever's going on. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes, and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box, And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky. And I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. (laughs) And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. 
Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal, and even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter, and fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. Just back up. What does it sound like to recognize and validate their feelings, whatever they're feeling? What is the what is what is the language you would use? I would say it sounds like you had a rough afternoon. Okay. Like one sentence in and out. Not like, let's break this down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because they're not in the headspace to have a conversation. Right. Yep. Clearly they're rejecting right. you. Take the rejection for a moment. It's not a forever rejection. That's the thing is like 10 minutes later, they might skip over to you and just change the subject. And right. you're like, if you feel battered at that point, it doesn't help the relationship. Right. Or if you say like, oh, now you want to talk to me. Like, <laughs> just let that go. Right. But it's not about you. It's not about you. Right. It's just, you know what? I'm not loving how this is feeling for me. So I'm going to take myself out of the situation. You're also modeling boundaries. Yep. Yep. I love that. And come get me when you want to hang out right. or talk or whatever. And if they don't come get you, do you circle back with them later? Yeah. Later. At a good moment. At right? a good moment. When they're and and it doesn't have to be like, remember when you were a little shit earlier? It can just be, hey, at some point I want to talk about what happened yeah. this afternoon. Yeah. I mean, as Eve Rosky says in her book Fair Play, and this is, you know, when emotion is high, cognition is low. And so, that's such a beautiful way to put it. It is such a guiding principle for me in like all of my relationships and the way I react, because I am someone where emotions often get high. Mm-hmm. And I used to just act on that immediately. And now it's like, I have that as a reminder with my kids, with my partner, with in work. Cara never pisses me off. So it's fine. I don't have I to mean, deal with that. Give how, her, how could I? <laughs> Look at me. Um, okay. I need the 14-year-old, but then I also, I, I, Mm -hmm. I, I hate the word I, we need the the 14-year-old. I know, but you hate it when I say we. I know, I really do. I'm allergic. She feels like it's very inauthentic. The universe needs the the Mm 14-year-old and then the desperate to separate and individuate 16, 17, 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then the final scenario is the the quiet child who I won't call the boy mm-hmm. because both genders are allowed to have quiet, but um, the more stereotypical sort of introverted. I'm not, I'm not being mean to you aggressively. I'm being mean to you passively. Yeah, or I'm, I'm just, just I'm sort of shutting, shutting you, out. you out. Yeah. So yeah. 14. I'm gonna. This is what it sounds like. Door opens. I'm pretty sure I heard it yesterday from my 14 year old. <laughs> Door slams. <laughs> Mom, I'm so pissed at you. I'm so annoyed. Why didn't you do that form for me? Can't you do anything right? Oh my God, I hate you sometimes. Right? Mm-hmm. What the hell? It's so much funnier when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would have steam coming out of my, I don't know what, ears? Ears. Um, <laughs> but that's a perfectly relatable example of, I would give one of three responses. Okay. One, it depends on your mood, by the way. If you're in a great mood and you're just like, ain't nothing going to break my stride. Oh my God. I just listened to that song this morning on the way here. (laughs) Favorite song. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're in that, if that's the song you're singing in your head, then you can just say, "Mm, I am, what was the phrase? Like an idiot or you don't do, I do suck and I don't do anything right. 
you can go ahead and fill out that form. <laughs> Next I'll be time over it's here on relaxing. you, kiddo. Exactly. Yeah. And, and just like joke around or if you know that your child will respond to that. If you have a 14-year-old who's like probably doesn't like you calling them a child, if you have an adolescent who's doing that and like can get silly because they also hear themselves. Because by the way, nobody likes to that for that stuff to right. come out. They don't like how they it don't feels. feel good. Right. No, right. They don't like, and they say that when, when we're like in when the classroom. Over, and, right? and when we're in the classroom teaching them, they will say quite actively, I hate how it feels. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. So the other thing that you can do, so to lighten it, you can make the joke and remind them that they can laugh. And basically you're saying there's a do-over opportunity here. Mm-hmm. And that's the second way, which is just to say, you want to try that one more time? I feel like you didn't mean to say it in that particular way. Right. Given, and it does given your goal. And it doesn't sound like I'd like you to apologize to me no. right now for speaking to me that way. Well, that way. doesn't no, that doesn't do anything for anybody. Right. You could say that, but I don't think you're getting anywhere. Right. But you but giving an opportunity for a do-over is like, why don't you and me have an agreement? <laughs> why don't we have an agreement? Just try that one more time. Right. Where I come in the room and you say that in a way that's gonna get you toward your goal because you want me to fill out the form, right? And you could even like jokingly do that. Hey, you know what? Why don't you go back out the front door? I'm going to sit on the couch and pick up my book and we're going to take two. Yes, exactly. And like, let's write again, some humor, some levity. Um, Like it doesn't, right? It doesn't all have to be this like serious whatever. And as my mom always says, because I was a child who dug herself into very deep holes. Mm -hmm. um, No. I know it's shocking. Um, She said, you know, sometimes kids need help getting themselves out of the hole. Like they're in the hole. As you say, Cara, they don't want to be in the hole, right. but, but they, they can't. They like, they're just scrambling up the sides yeah. of the pit and they can't get themselves out. Yeah. So that's, you're sending them a rope and saying, exactly. climb on up. Like I'm here. Let's try it again. So yeah, that's response one. Or to that's or, response or that's two. response two because the first one is actually to quote back to them the ridiculously exaggerated thing that they said in a, in a way that's non-threatening okay. so that they can hear it and laugh if they seem like they're in the mood or you seem like you're in the mood and then you can yeah. like skip away and move on if they're not laughing and just call it a fail and move on. So option one is quote it back with a little humor. Mm-hmm. Option two is give them an opportunity for a do over. Option three, if you're really just like, I've had enough of this, this has happened too much, is I'm going in the other room right now. I hear that you're upset with me about the forms. That I heard. But the rest of it, we're not going to deal with right now. And you just get out of there. You take the break. Yeah. You just need space. And again, chances are you don't need to have a big repair session. Right. It's just going to end. But it's not permissive because you're not saying like, I'm so sorry. Right. Let me, you must feel so frustrated that I haven't filled out that form yet. Mommy I'm going to, yeah, like I do suck <laughs> and I'm going to just, and I wouldn't go the other thing of like, do you know how much I do all day? Oh, interesting. <laughs> so that's really important, right? That's really important because the the flip side is like, you in grateful little mm-hmm. so-and-so. Like, do you know? Which, uh, we're all tempted to say sometimes. Not only are we tempted to say it, and we say, we we might say, say it. it. I, might have, I might have said it yesterday But you know, a it's bit. so interesting because I'm <laughs> listening to this whole, how this is all playing out. And really what you're saying is let your prefrontal cortex do mm-hmm. the work, right? Yeah. How, like, even though our adult brains are mature and sending signals fast all around and we can access our very smart wizard brain we better. Don't. We don't. <laughs> exactly. Right. And right. we do need to give ourselves the moment and the beat and the time to and do that, that. Exactly. And that modeling is associated in no great shock with better self-regulation okay. skills in adolescence because so, you're getting it from all ends. So what about the, you know, high schooler who's mm-hmm. looking to separate from you? Who's, it's not as much moodiness now as it is stage of life and they are pushing you away and they're doing it intentionally is the wrong word because they're not super aware of what they're doing. But this, you know, it's, it goes on and on and on and these scenarios play out every single day. How do parents manage that? I mean, at the point at which your teenagers are almost out the door, they're 
applying for college. They have prioritized their romantic life and their peer life. It doesn't mean that forever you're not in their heads because we all have our parents' voices in our heads. I don't know what you're talking Um, about. Hi, mom. (laughs) Did you put lipstick on? Um, Oh, my God. My mother and grandmother. Yes. Always. Yes. Um, And wear clean underwear in case you get into a car accident. Oh, make make your bed. Having worked in an emergency room for many years. Did you ever look at underwear? Um, No, but people always said, I'm so glad I wore clean underwear because I'm here. Isn't that funny? Or the people who got waxed before they gave birth. The fact that I just wanted to know if you looked in their underwear is weird. Um, Well, this is a place where you can ask all the questions that you can't ask anywhere else. Now you have that that answer. So they're they're doing everything everything they can to make it easier to leave. And I, I would say in those cases, the work is almost exclusively on ourselves, on just being super mindful of how that feels inside of us and what it's doing to us and taking deep breaths. And also the same reminders that you would give younger teenagers, like you're still in this house and you still have to behave like a conscious, kind soul who's a member of this household. Mm -hmm. So again, I wouldn't do do do-overs necessarily. I might just say like, okay, that's what we're doing right now. And I would, again, give space. And then later with all things, what you would do with adults too is because there's no, what was the, the phrase? There's no... Cognition. Oh, cognition is when emotion is high, cognition, cognition is, is low. low. Because of that, there's almost no point in doing too much. Right. Like, that's not the time to say, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, <laughs> but later you might say, you've been having so many frustrated outbursts with me. And I've noticed, and I get it. I just need you to figure out some plan for modifying it because it's too much for me. Is there a room for us to express our hurt in those conversations? Like, is there an age at which it's appropriate? Because I, so. I do it with, I really, and, and need all to joking learn aside, empathy. yeah, right. I, I really do with my kids. I do think at a certain point to not educate them as to how their behavior Impacts. makes me feel. Right. I, you know, it's the putting the feet up on the pillow. If I'm constantly putting their feet up on, you know, sort of intellectually putting their feet up on the pillow and making sure they're okay, but not showing them how their behavior impacts other people, that feels wrong. Okay. So what you're talking about, and I think that's a beautiful distinction, is it's okay to say, like, the way you just spoke to me was incredibly hurtful. Okay. Which is very different than... I feel so good about my recent parenting right now. (laughs) Wait, she's not done. Maybe not. (laughs) No, but that is so different and so important and our responsibility from I can't handle this Mm -hmm. and I am not emotionally competent enough to do this without you fixing it Mm -hmm. for me. Like I can handle it. It is hurtful and nasty, and I don't I don't choose to take it. So I'm getting out of here is quite different than engage. Yeah. It's such a different thing than, oh, God, mom, I just, like, now they have to sit with not just Mm. the natural Mm -hmm. feelings of guilt that they should feel for being, you know, that's not shame. They're not saying, like, I'm a bad person. It's just, I did something shitty to my mom, and I kind of feel shitty about it. I'm top of feeling out of control, And all those other things. And why can't I just grab those words back? Like, why can't I stop myself? So this is a practice ground for other relationships in life. And and so it is important when they're speaking to their siblings, when they're speaking to their parents, to recognize that that words are extremely powerful. Yeah. And so to that end, then what about the nonverbal? The nonverbal, child? right. For whom, I mean, it's like banging your head against a wall to try to convince them that words are important. Right. 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 I mean, because there's that's it's somewhat who they are and it's somewhat where they are in life. But how do you the silent anger is so hard for some parents to deal with. I, I don't know any of those parents. Or or not <laughs> or not even anger, just, just not knowing silence. what's happening. Yes. Like, just like it's like yes. a wall of either a literal closed door or a figurative closed. Like they may be sitting at the table with you, but like right. you can't not there. And, and I'll tell you some things that don't work. What's wrong? Does right. not work. Doesn't work. No. Are you okay? That does not work. 
that does not work. What's can I come in, knock on? on the door? Can I come in? That does not work. You know. So two thoughts I have. The first is a great lesson that my youngest daughter taught me many years ago before she was, I mean, she was seven at the time. And she has a really quiet way of being. Mm. And her face naturally looks quite unpleasant and moody. If you don't know her, Mm. she looks like not happy Mm -hmm. unless she makes an effort to smile. It's the shape of her mouth. It's her facial, but whatever it is, she just doesn't look perky and happy. Mm -hmm. And her older sister and her mother are like very boppy people. Sunshine. And once we were sitting at the table and I said to her, and again, I have all this information and it doesn't necessarily matter in real time with your own kids. Oh, you the, are, hat, right? the hat is off at yeah, home. Yeah, the expert yeah. hat. It's just is. like, and and my kids call me out on that every day. <laughs> I have They're no like, idea what oh. you're talking about. Right, like, oh, is that what you said was a great response? Remind me to tell you the funniest story when you're, yeah. Well, I'll just tell it now. You can just, I just tell it. <laughs> so I had just written a piece about what teens' body language is telling us, mm. even though they're not like verbally expressing it. And like a day later, I turned to my 18-year-old who was like storming off. And he's a large person. So storming off is like a tidal wave in our house. <laughs> and I was like, you know, honey, your body language is telling me that like something's going on. And he goes, mom, just because you wrote a goddamn piece about body language in teens doesn't mean you need to turn that crap on me. And I was like, <laughs> duly noted. Thank you very much. And I'm out. It was like so, like, I just got so called out. It was kind of brilliant. That so, is. Okay, so she's sitting there. She's got her facial expression. And you say to her, and I say to her the exact totally ridiculous thing to say. Vivian, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, you seem upset or you seem unhappy. Mm. And she, we were just sitting at the dinner table. She's just being. And she said, not everybody who isn't smiling isn't mm. happy. So that was the first, like, genius. I was like, of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, thank you. Hi, psychologist. You. <laughs> out of the mouths of babes. It was such an out of the mouths of babes. And, like, I was looking for certain cues to know how she was doing mm-hmm. that just aren't her way of communicating in right. the world. Right. And so that's one thing is just, like, reestablishing for ourselves, like, who they are and how they communicate and finding what does let you know what's going on inside of them. And so that's what I asked her, not right then. But over the years, I said, you know, I'm like, I'm still trying, because she has a different temperament than I do. Yeah. So I don't understand yeah. that silent kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so I'm learning. And sometimes I make jokes that are terrible. You know, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm a cat. I'm a cat. I'm a cat. <laughs> I'm going to be a cat. And she's like, ugh. Because I'm trying not to be a puppy dog that's like needy and wants to know what's going on and wagging my tail. And she's like, you're not being a cat. (laughs) You're a terrible cat. You're such a bad cat. (laughs) You're a puppy in a cat's outfit. Totally. (laughs) And and the other thing I'll say sometimes is, as a developmental psychologist, I'm noticing that you don't want me in here right now. And she's always like, that's so so astute, mom. And we just kind of joke around about about it. it. But I would say for the silence that you think is like rooted in anger or feelings of just stuff that you want to know, finding anything that that kid likes Mm. to do in life, Mm -hmm. anything, even if it is the most boring, awful robot you've ever, like, I was going to say a video game to me is my, if my kids were like, the way I really want to spend my time right now is to play video game. Mm -hmm. And that I should join that because that's my only way of connecting is like not an exciting thought. NFL football. Right. Or NFL football or any of those things that are not fun for me. But if you find, especially with teenage boys, but any gender, like any personality that has a quietness Mm -hmm. to forget about getting through, forget about opening up so that you finally have that talk. It's more like, what do you like doing? And you don't have to ask. You just, you know them. Let's do, like, 
teach me about this. Everything other than like Playboy. By the way, it's like it's 1970. I'm sorry. Did you you mean Pornhub? Did I mean Pornhub? (laughs) Playboy. She was wistful. Yeah. Yeah, by all means, show me what you love about Playboy. (laughs) You know, so one one thing that I have found that works with a almost 16-year-old boy is in the moments where I, I just don't know what's going on and he knows that I am so hungry to understand. Sometimes I'll just knock on the door and go into the bedroom and I will just lay on his bed. Yeah. He'll be at his desk or wherever and I'll just you're lay a, on his you're bed. You're a cat. I'm a cat, yeah. I guess. I feel I like that's a successful cat. cat. Yeah. yeah. I, gosh, I you know, I don't want to offend the cat lovers out there, but I really don't identify as a cat. I identify no, as a No, but you have that energy. You have it's that like, calm, yes, serene that just, energy. And it works to just lay in his space. Yeah. It's yeah. fascinating. And sometimes he will say, um, what are you doing here? And do you think I can go work on my homework? And I say, fine. But sometimes he knows me well enough that he'll just start talking. And uh, the no eye contact, of course, is yeah. key. Right. And I used to always say in the car, in the dark, but the most common time for me to really be in a space, it's not dark in there. Mm-hmm. I'm just on his bed looking at You're the ceiling. You're just like staring at his face saying, right. tell Correct. me how you right. feel. Correct. No, I think those are beautiful. I, I really do <laughs> joke around about this a lot, but I, I think in general, parenting adolescence is a lot about transitioning from dog to cat mm. because it's like, I don't have an agenda. I don't need you to pet me or give yeah. me anything. I just want to be, I'm here. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. That's the because, goal. Because, I mean, I, I I do have an agenda. I want him to love me forever. And, right. you know, you, you've got all these fantasies as the parent that the moments that you're grabbing are going to be the impactful moments. I always think about how, especially in a moment of moods and mood management, like, is this going to be one that he or she remembers? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what they're going to remember is so random. We have no control over that, but I'm always, in an epic moment for me, I'm always wondering if it's an epic moment for them, and and it actually probably isn't. I mean, it's funny because one of my kids won't, doesn't say I love you back at night, right? So when we say goodnight, and this has been going on for years, um, my husband and I say, love you, goodnight, and he doesn't say it back. And it like killed me for years. And my husband and I were like, does he hate us? Like, <laughs> does he not love us? And it, that was sort of the initial step, right? And then over time, I realized it doesn't actually matter if he says he loves us. It just matters that he hears us tell him that we love him. And once I stopped waiting and hoping for him to say, I love you back. And I just knew the power of my saying, I love you to him. It's like, I completely let go of it. And I knew that I was doing something for him with no expectation in return. And it, it guides me and he's my quiet kid. And it guides me in how I parent him because I just kind of float some stuff out there with no expectation of getting anything in return. And without the pressure he's more willing to kind of like, he still doesn't say I love you, but I know he loves me, but he's more willing to kind of meet me. And I will say the days when I have an option of driving him somewhere or having him Uber somewhere, I remind myself that there are so few of these moments left and I should drive him, even if I'm in the middle of work or I don't feel like it, because those are the times when we have, particularly my quiet kid, Mm -hmm. when we have those conversations, he's open, he's not pressured, there's no competition to have his voice heard. So and he might say it. And he might say something. He might, <laughs> he might and he say. might say something. So we like to close with a kind of practical puberty piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I don't remember what we said 20 minutes ago that was the takeaway for this. Does anyone else remember, Aliza, what you said that Kara said, this is the practical takeaway? It's it was gone. just all feelings are welcome, all behaviors are okay. not. All feelings are welcome, <laughs> all behaviors are not. So I love that. It guides me since I heard you say it on your own podcast, Raising Good Humans, which everyone should listen to because it's phenomenal. Um, I think my practical takeaway is it doesn't matter if they say, I love you back. Mm. It matters if we tell them we love them. It matters if I say, I love you. 
Cara, what's yours? I think it's the do-over concept, both granting ourselves permission mm. to take a do-over, but also granting them permission really actively saying, uh, hey, <laughs> go back through the front door. I love that because I do it fractionally, mm. but I think there's a much bigger play there. And it's really a nice do-overs are wonderful. They're, the, they're my favorite part of parenting. So. They're my best friend. <laughs> and, and luckily we have unlimited <laughs> opportunities every day to and blow it. Was. And, and, and yes. get to have a do And we do. Aliza, thank, thank you so much. We love thank having you. you on. I love Come back. being with you guys. Come back. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts or check out our Instagram at the Puberty Podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myoomla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.